listening to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Episode 114. Featuring... Featuring a brand new podcast co-host, Baby Atlas. Hello, Baby Atlas. You want to give a quick little update to our listeners, Talia? Uh, I had a baby <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Wee! So, <laughs> that's where I've been. Yeah. Um, she is a healthy 12 pounds currently, so oh. clearly not, not underfed. Not malnourished. <laughs> Really, one of us loves to eat. Doing good. Uh, that's, good well, that's been my my biggest update around the holidays, which ties in nicely to our topic today. Exactly. So. This episode's going out uh, the first Sunday after New Year's, and of course, yes. we all make our resolutions, and we all have these new plans of things, and that's the fun part. And then the hard part is maintaining those plans, and when we yes. have our resolutions, how to keep going with them. And we're not going to do like all resolutions, but I thought a really cool theme is because I mean, ties, keeping your New Year's resolutions really ties to what we call in the mental health field, boundary maintenance. Um, Mm -hmm. So after you've identified a, what we call a boundary, which we'll get into in a second, how do you maintain it? And especially for our listeners, it's so, it can be really difficult to do that in relationship because inherently- There's pressures in a, in relationship that push you to not maintain your boundary, especially exactly. on top of if it's a new boundary that your relationships are not used to. So no. lot, and, lots of pitfalls there. Yeah. yeah, it might be uncomfortable when you try to maintain it if it's something that you really had to work hard for. Like I was sharing with you off air, but I'll share on air. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the first holiday season where we've had a baby, mm-hmm. uh, a newborn baby anyway. So that is very difficult to vocalize, I would say, some boundaries because not everybody has the same viewpoints on mm-hmm. babies and health and safety and flu season and, you know, and trying to maintain those boundaries. Luckily, especially now, even more so as um, a biological mom to this little one, I don't really care what people think about me. So I have no problem pissing people off if they don't like my boundary. I say it nicely, but I'm like, if you don't like it, that's your problem. Like, and nobody ever said you were going to hold the baby anyway. So I don't know why you're upset at your own assumption, not at me. So maintaining those boundaries is difficult, especially with family and in-laws, but it's necessary because the highest order for me is like her health and safety. So when I keep that in mind, it's easier for me to maintain my boundary Mm -hmm. because it upholds that value. So my suggestion or something I like to recommend for people with the boundary maintenance, and we can talk about it more is tying it to a core value or, or uh, agreeing with your relationship partner that it upholds a value in some way. Let's say your partner values, honesty and you value assertiveness how can you blend the two how what are your relationships values and are the boundaries you're setting and trying to maintain upholding those values it can make it easier maybe not comfortable but at least you're like i know why i'm doing this there's a purpose to it yeah when you know the purpose that can help you have that motivation to stay strong to yourself 
Yeah. And I like your, your mentioning values because those are how we help figure. That's what really fuels boundaries, how we figure out what they are. Uh, I don't want to go super deep into what a boundary is because that's a, kind of a different episode, but I don't do a quick little primer, if you will. Yes. I know we've talked about it in other episodes, but like, Definitely. so that, that value idea is really a good example of what you're saying about boundaries are things that are, are uh, what I call right for us. Hey, this is what's right for Ryan. Yes. This is what's right for Talia. And yep. we get to choose those in our lives. And that's how you, I, that's called the boundary identification. We choose these are what's right for us. And then you communicate those as needed to other people and you mm -hmm. maintain them for yourself because it's what's right for you. And then mm -hmm. I do a little quick like way to organize and understand boundaries, but you can divide them into three categories. You have physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, and personal boundaries. Physical like is the that. easiest to figure out. Um, strangers, don't touch me. That's just a boundary I have. It's a physical thing. If I don't know oh, you, so you're not welcome to touch my body. What? I love that line when like it's post COVID yeah. quote now. Yeah. So like there's not the six feet thing, but some stores still have it. And I saw this meme the other day. It was like, I don't need a mood ring. I have a face. And when people stand too close to me, especially now, cause I don't have Botox in, I'm like, what are you doing? And then they'll move back. And I'm like, that's more like it. Done. But I have turned around and been like, you are way too close to me. I need you to step back. Yeah. And they're like, and I'm like, I shouldn't be able to hear you breathe. Yeah. Physical way boundary. Too, way too close. Yeah. yeah. And that makes a that that tends to be one of the easier ones to identify because it's like we get the physical thing, emotional boundaries. Now that's a little bit more complicated, and I think yeah, often nuance. one of the biggest ones in relationships. But the way I, I like I describe emotional boundaries to clients is that an emotional boundary is separating your emotion from someone else's emotion. So mm. let's the the I learned this in grad school, like the example yeah. of. Let's say um, one partner comes home from work and the other partner's already home and the partner coming home from work is really stressed out, really upset as they enter the house. And then the partner who was already home was having a great day, had a great day at work and is super happy and bubbly. Well, if there's strong emotional boundaries, the upset partner, or sorry, the, the happy partner isn't going to take on that upset stress from the, the partner who just came home. Ideally not, yeah. That's that's a nice emotional boundary going, oh, you're really upset, but I'm not going to get upset now. Yeah. And because there's a nice boundary there, it's not this like bleed of emotion together versus if there's a poor yeah. boundary, the stress partner comes home really negative and the person, the partner's having a really happy day, suddenly is like, oh, I'm stressed out or now I'm really upset and I've just now joined you in that. And then suddenly like we're what we call in mesh, we're like emotionally attuned to this one negative emotion. Yes. Um, so that's how you can like think about emotional boundaries. Uh, and it's important to acknowledge that when you're identifying your boundaries of, for example, with this example, going, oh, if I'm having a great day and my partner comes home and they're having a shitty day, that, I'm going to choose to not let that affect me and have me have a shitty day. I'm going to be yeah. okay with my great day. And then here's yeah. like, by the way, I'm going on a little mini tangent of emotional boundaries. But then the cool thing about that is, that's how you can be the best partner ever because True, when your partner's struggling, if you don't take on, yeah. yeah, if you don't take on their distress, you're like, Hey, I'm still happy over here. I can help you now. More I'm available exactly. to you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I so like that that's physical and emotional boundaries. And then lastly, real quick, personal boundaries is kind of like everything else um, besides those two. And yeah. the example I like, that's actually pretty common with personal boundaries is 
uh, when you think about communication and what someone might say to you. So it's like they're they're physically distant enough. They're having their own emotion, but maybe they're using really aggressive shaming and blaming language to you. Mm-hmm, you, can, mm-hmm. you might have a personal boundary of you choose not to engage in conversation with someone who's being rude to you, who's shaming and blaming you, and you're not going to be a part of that conversation. So that's an example of a personal boundary. It's not physical. It's not emotional if you're not letting those words be emotional. But it's a personal thing of I choose not to have conversations that are disrespectful. So if you're going to be yes. disrespectful of conversation, I'm not going to be I'm a part of that conversation. One. Exactly. Done. Yeah. So that's it's more the- about, and that's the key for what you were saying earlier, not to belabor the point of boundaries, yeah. but that it's not controlling other people. It's controlling and managing and upholding your own values. Yes. That's like, it's controlling yourself, managing yourself and upholding your own values. Yeah. It's not about the other, the boundary can't be like, an ultimatum. Yeah. And I've talked about this ad nauseum on my uh, Instagram before I went on maternity leave. A boundary and an ultimatum are two different things. Mm-hmm. An ultimatum is telling the person like, look, I'd rather be alone than fill, put up with fill in the blank from you, or you need to do this or else. Like it's, it's more controlling. And I'm not saying all ultimatums are bad, but it's very different than a boundary, which is if your choice continues to be whatever, um, not texting me back or, uh, not being mindful of my boundaries or, um, not doing what you say you're going to do, whatever it is, then my choice will be this because mm-hmm. you're not controlling the other person's behavior. Mm-hmm. You're, as my dad says, putting them on notice mm-hmm. for what you will do in return. Mm-hmm. So you're not controlling them. You're not saying they can't do those things. You're saying, if you do those things, here's how I will respond. Mm-hmm. And it still puts autonomy on both people because I could choose to respond that way or not. I might modify my boundary and they could choose to continue to behave that way or not. So I think that's a key there is not just because we request it also doesn't make it a guarantee. A request is a request. It's not a demand or a guarantee. The other person doesn't have to comply. Yes. I love that. It's so clear that when, when we're talking about boundaries that we're identifying and maintaining them, it is not an ultimatum. It is not about manipulating someone else. It is about you just knowing your value, being clear with yourself, and then staying true to yourself and communicating that to someone else. And yes, there might be then, if someone tries to break that boundary, go against it, you can let them know, hey, this is how I'm going to respond because this is my value. Mm -hmm. Um, I I might be stepping in some of the uh, online shit here because a while ago, I do remember a whole Jonah Hill thing blowing up about like a post yet and i honestly don't know the details so um feel free to come at me people if i'm getting it wrong like he was using uh, you can't see my therapy speak yeah quote unquote therapy speak the relationship okay and i'm mixed on it because some of the stuff i was like no that's spot on but i'm also more abrasive than most people Mm -hmm. and the other stuff i was like "Mm, i probably wouldn't have worded it that way like that does seem a little manipulative but honestly when you don't know how to use let's let's give him some credit Mm -hmm. If he is a super sociopath, manipulative person, and he's feigning like he doesn't know how to use it, hats off to you, whatever. <laughs> but most of the time when people don't know how to use something properly, or they're still healing and learning tools in therapy, it can kind of come out sideways and sound like manipulation. Like, I don't know if you've worked with clients where like, and I set this boundary and I'm like, that's not a boundary. Like, that's yeah. an ultimatum. Because yeah. they don't know how to word it. Yeah. They know what they want to convey, but because it's uncomfortable to set those boundaries, they word it in a way that sounds manipulative or like gaslighty, so to speak. 
I'm not his therapist. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. We were not in his head. We can't assume intent. Um, And you could project anything you want onto reading it. But some of the stuff I'm like, no, that's fair. But he could have worded it differently. He could have worded it like we and I, you and I just said, if you want to like these pictures online or you want to post these pictures online, I'm not comfortable with dating somebody who does that. Like, that's a fair boundary. Yeah. But then you also don't stay in the relationship and like be mean to the person. Like you have to choose to leave. Well, that's where I was going to go and kind of step in it yeah. without knowing all the details and also like not understand the context of like how to right. be in a public relationship. Like that's it's that's totally, a whole different yeah. challenge. Yes, but yeah. the way I had read that and what you're talking about is yeah. that was an example where some people interpreted his boundary description as, <laughs> as I'm not comfortable with you posting your you know, um, surfing videos online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you need to change you and not do that. That's an example of ultimatum or manipulation. Yes. Uh, Real boundary maintenance is being brutally honest with yourself saying like, I'm not, you know, you can talk to your partner and say, I'm really not comfortable with a partner who posts those kind of things online. Yes. I choose not to be in a relationship with someone who posts those things online. That's a boundary. And then yes. that's that's labeling it. Then there's yes. a relational discussion. And if the other person is like, hey, this isn't like me and some like super naked thing. I'm comfortable with this. This is part yeah. of what I do. It's part of my brand. It's part of what I like. I, it's really important to me to post online. That's yeah, my having boundary. A conversation. Yeah. Or they could be like, okay, it's no skin. Like, okay, who cares? Well, I'll do it. There could be that. There could be that response yeah. of like, oh, I hear that's important to my partner. I'm, I will adjust. But I'm talking more about the like, let's just say there are then two competing boundaries. Well, the Jonah Hill role is going, okay, well, I wasn't there to manipulate and change you, but that's not true Correct. for me. So I'm going to take that responsibility and I either need to do my mental health and change my boundary. I need to work on myself while I'm with you or yeah. I need to uphold and not be with you. Yeah, exactly. And that's the yeah. big thing. That's the one I'm all getting to is like boundary maintenance is also making some hard decisions of like, well, I, that was my boundary and I respect you for you, but that means I'm not okay dating someone who does that. So I'm going to exactly. exit the relationship and, and no and shade on so- someone with different boundaries yeah. or different choices, but it's about no. just being honored and accepting of this is what's right for me. And it's so key to follow through on that because much like we've talked about before, consistent actions and words build trust. Mm -hmm. Congruency builds trust. If you say, not ultimatum wise, this might come, I'm just very tired. It might come out as an ultimatum. Like, I don't want to date somebody who posts those pictures. And then you continue to date the person who's posting the pictures and silently resent them and shove it down. You're not being a person, you're not being a trustworthy person in terms of being truthful like I, I could trust you to not tell me the truth, but I couldn't trust you to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. So trustworthy in a way, but not really. You are crossing your own boundary. And oftentimes when people violate their own boundaries, it comes out as anger mm-hmm. at the other person for not complying. And it, it I know this from my personal experience, it stems from feeling frustrated that you can't control others, mm-hmm. but really that you feel out of control yourself. Because mm-hmm. most people who try to control or manipulate deep down feel out of control or unsafe. Mm-hmm. And so they try to, um, it's like when you're in grad school or any school where you're, you have a paper due and your apartment's never been cleaner because you want to do anything else but the paper. Yeah. Like we'll just channel it. And then at the end you're like, should I have nothing left to do? I may as well do this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it is 
in relationships. Like you, you try to control everything else, the outcomes, the this, the that, rather than looking in the mirror and going, why do I want control? Why am I insecure when my partner posts those pictures? Um, Does it go against a core value? Like it can lead to some really eye-opening work if you thought about it and you could still be uncomfortable, but you can tolerate it. You could be like, I don't love it, but I love them more. And so I can move past this because I know it's important to my partner, not that their value trumps my value, but I can make more space for their value because I know that this is my inner work. This is my insecurity or my need that I could have met in another way. And that's why going to your own therapy helps you understand why are my boundaries my boundaries? Where does it stem from? Where in childhood was this unmet maybe? Yeah. Well, and the value discussion in relationship is so mm-hmm. much more productive than yes. where in we have competing boundaries and we're just putting a hard lineup. Um, right. Which, by the way, that happens, especially it's when right. boundaries change over time, when you're thinking about, like, again, a really long-term yeah. relationship, 20, 30 years. However, if you notice in your relationship, you've gone to a place where you have competing boundaries. Yeah. I think a really helpful discussion is going to the value and softly sharing together, hey, how come this is such a strong, rigid boundary for me? Why is it that Mm -hmm. it's so important to me to be in a relationship and um, have someone who um, isn't shaming or blaming me in our discussions? That might seem kind of obvious for some people, but for other people, they're like, I don't know, we talk, we, we critique people all the time. Like, that's not a big deal. But you can share the value about what it means to you. And this is actually a true boundary for me. So I have some insight into this one. But it's because to me, I want to be with someone, the value that is respectful and trusting. And when I hear that type of language, what I understand that to mean is you don't respect me and you don't trust me. And so yeah. to me, that's not okay. We treat people with kindness. My value is, it has, comes from a moral place of yeah. we treat each other with respect. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you talk about it in that way and understand where that value comes from, it's a lot easier to go, okay, so here's the values. Maybe there are some ways to collaborate on shifting the boundaries based on yeah. honoring both of our values. So that's a little bit of a tangent yeah. from boundary maintenance, but, but it's a cool whole- way to deal with when you have conflicting boundaries. But it's also a way to maintain your boundaries because it ties back to why is this important to me in the first place? Because I value it. And a, a quick way to understand what your core values are. I talk about this all the time in the course I teach, um, the online one. But if you think about three things that make you angry as all heck, those are usually your core. The opposite is usually your core value. So like injustice and abuse make me angry. So I value protecting vulnerable people and justice. Like it's a very easy way to, to figure out what you might value and your boundaries ideally support a life surrounding your core values. My Why num- are you laughing? Oh, Cause I'm, I've actually never heard you say that before. So I started thinking yeah. about things that get me angry. Yeah. Number yeah. one thing that I probably perseverate on my walks and my jogs is when there's an off-leash dog walking in the neighborhood with their owner. Uh, Because all I can think about is then that dog is going to get hurt because it's going to get hit by a car or it's going to come up to another dog that isn't social. And then then the owner's going to be whatever and the dogs are going to get hurt. And that pisses me off. And my value is I love dogs. (laughs) 
100%. Yeah, same. That actually unfortunately happened to one of my friends yeah. recently. An off-leash dog yeah. attacked them. Terrible. Yeah. But it happened. Like, And if you think about why that angers you, yeah. it's because you love dogs. You have your dog. I have mine. Like, yeah. there's a personal story and reason attached to it. That's why it's also it's it's tough i've made the video about this before it's like well don't take it's um don't take it personally it's like how else do you want me to take it professionally like <laughs> it was personal especially if a boundary is attached to a value when somebody crosses the boundary it hurts because it feels like a personal affront though the person may not have intended it at all to be the interpreted that way again we're not responsible for intent or interpretation or we're only responsible for our intent. We can't be responsible for the interpretation. Mm -hmm. It's up to that person to be like, oh, that's why it angers me so much because it crosses a value and it's somebody I love and a relationship want to be with. Mm -hmm. Why are you hurting me? Yeah. So it, we're, it's worth talking about. What's going on? I think Atlas has some thoughts about boundary maintenance and wants to get in there. She oh, did. no. Atlas already made her point. Thanks, Atlas. Well, and actually that reminds me of a recent example of, of what it can feel like when a boundary is crossed that we have. Yeah. Um, I heard a story recently, um, someone, um, it was over the holidays and a friend of the family is like, just did something kind of like really inappropriate and, and just kind of thoughtless that um, crossed someone's personal boundaries, which was like um, messing with their um their clothing got um it. and it wasn't a physical thing the clothing wasn't on the person but it was still just like a hey like that's kind of an intimate thing i don't know you that well and you're messing nope. with my clothing yeah. like that's just weird because we're not close friends so it crossed the yeah. boundary for that level of relationship and there's a violation aspect to that sometimes yes and then from violation there's also just that goes back to like that disrespect thing of like hey if you're doing that you're not taking me and my humanness into consideration. You're yes. just stomping all over me as a person. And that yeah. is very painful. And it can also be, depending on the relationship, very scary um, if there's a power dynamic involved there. So there, those things do happen in boundary violations. It's why boundary maintenance skills are so important to know how do you do this? To avoid ideally a violation exactly or at the very least like when a violation is happening or about to happen or or just happened, how do you yeah. say no yeah. that's not okay with me with and the close and the assertiveness yeah the sooner you can say it after the violation yeah. the better because well also people have to know your boundaries for it to be a violation i've talked yep. to families before where the person's like you crossed my boundaries and the person's like you never told me your boundaries well you should yeah. just know incorrect no. <laughs> Cool. So let's try again. You yeah. are not correct. Yeah. You are not the father. Yeah. Um, it's just not, it's, it, you have to have them known or, or when they are crossed and the person didn't know about it, take that as an opportunity to say, Hey, I don't think I've shared this with you before. And that actually hurt. I'm not comfortable with that. Next time, could you this instead? And the person would then learn and then choose. No, I'm still going to yell at you. Or I'm so sorry. I didn't know that bothered you. Of course I won't. Like, yeah don't assume that everybody has the same values and boundaries as you. I've learned that too yeah. because that's what stops a lot of people from enforcing the boundary. Cause I, and I'm guilty of saying this still, I'm like, it is or should be common sense. And if you talk to your family and friends, which usually you pick them cause you have similar values at times, it is common sense, but it's not common sense to everybody in the world. No. It's common sense to your circle because 
you've picked them because you're similar and you have similar values, ideally, right? Or normally, normally. So you need to also voice that to people when they've crossed that and they might not know. So don't come in them. I've had to learn that over the years. Don't come in them all hot because yeah. I can be very angry very quickly. But instead I'm like, hey, I'm not sure if you knew this, but rather than being like, you're an effing idiot because I know you knew this and you violated it anyway. Like that's not going to teach them yeah. or, or encourage them to honor the boundary in the future. Yeah, exactly. First line I think of boundary maintenance is identifying it to the person. Although I guess you could say the pre-line or the first part is actually you need to know that boundary for yourself. You um, need to figure it out and so then tell others kindly. Yeah. Um, but the first thing actually doing the maintenance work is labeling it. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I do love what you're saying that oftentimes we can assume some boundaries are common sense because in our families they were, and then we've chosen yeah, friends who are like be. us. What? There's some that just should be well, that I'm like, astounded when i'm like they are what? there but are you an adult this yeah but to the but i don't lean into that i want to lean into what you're saying before that like don't assume people know because if there's yeah. one thing that i feel so blessed to be a therapist for is getting to really work with people who are so different from me and just everyone's unique and different true i actually have a lot more compassion and tolerance with clients yeah. than i because i think i get like what did i used to call it not compassion fatigue but it's almost like empathy like burnout because i have to do it so much at work and i love it it actually opens my mind in great ways i'm like i never would have thought of that like i'm so much more open to it at work mm -hmm. but in my personal life i think i have a lesser like gas tank for it because i'm so trying it as a skill at work that in my personal life i'm like what are you doing like i don't have the same tolerance for non-clients because i don't care that much well it makes sense and especially because yeah. again the people you're choosing to be around tend to have some alignment yeah, so I don't have to do it as yeah. much. So that's why when, when this, to your point about the boundary maintenance, when opportunities to maintain those boundaries come up and it's a close friend, we're like, this is tough because this is, this is from DBT skills. What is the most important thing out of this interaction? Your self-respect, the objective or goal, which would maybe be maintaining the boundary or the relationship. You can use skills to, to tap into all three, but you really sometimes have to choose, no, my goal is more important than the relationship. Like with her health and safety this this holiday season, my goal of keeping her healthy and safe was way more important than my family relationship, my in-laws, my this. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. Not that I wouldn't care to repair it eventually, but I didn't care to be seen as the bad person or like, wow, she's being overreacting or whatever. Because I'm like, I don't, you're not going to be home with a sick kid. So I don't really care if you like it or not. This is what's going to happen. You could choose to have a different reaction. Well, and that actually comes to one of the things I love about one of my tips and tricks for boundary maintenance is since inherently we're talking about boundaries, these are things that are right for us. So we're going to label them and then we're going to be confident that we're just sharing what's right for us. Yes. And we're not responsible for how other people react to that. Now there, there's that's there's a nuanced discussion there. How we communicate it and what we do. There are that there is, are some relationships yes. for responsibilities there. But generally speaking, what I see is that a lot of people can allow the boundary violations to happen or slide because they're taking care of the other person instead of themselves. Bingo. They're allowing the other person's needs to go over theirs or they are worried that someone might think they're rude or a bitch because they're setting like a them. boundary, yeah. don't like them. 
when it's like, well, wait a second. No, you were just sharing what's right for you. And if you're doing it in the true spirit of boundaries, you're not you're asking anyone to do anything different. You're not telling no. them to go wrong. You're saying, hey, that's not right for me. Yeah. So I need to make a different decision here. I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z, or I'm going to leave the conversation because exactly. it's not yes. right for me. And if yeah. someone else is upset with that, that's for them to figure out why is it so, you know, why are they in distress when another person has communicated and labeled what's right for them? And that might be something as a, as a, my rap note, mm-hmm. that might be something that is a diff, uh, difference already with your partner. Mm-hmm. We might not value, like, obviously he and I both value her health and safety. That's not even in the question, <laughs> yeah. but because of his line of work, he is exposed to a lot of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So his logic is like, I'm not, uh, she's already exposed. Not that he's like, let's put her in front of somebody actively sick. But in my brain, I'm like, you have a different immune system. We have a big enough place that you wouldn't stay in our room. You'd be in the other room. And I still don't want to put her near that because I'm the one who's home caring for her. So like, it's this feedback loop where yes, we have the same value, but the comfort or the difference of like, this means more to you than it does to me he and I have a difference of that. And he has a different comfort of people liking him versus not liking him. Cause I'm like, I don't really care. It's not that I don't care about your family. I don't care if they see me negatively because my top line is her health and safety. And I'm willing to repair that later mm-hmm. once everything is quelled. And I also can't control him. I can choose and set the boundary. If anybody's sick, I and she will not be going. It's not me trying to control the whole situation of like, then we have to cancel Christmas. I'm not asking for many modifications. I'm just saying, if this is the case, we will not be in attendance. That's an actual boundary rather than an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And again, it's, it's always this like focus on what's right for me or I mean, yeah. yes, you're, you're including Atlas because yeah, appropriately you're in yeah. board mode, but it's like what's yeah. right for us and just communicating that. Um, but I do yeah. just want to wrap on, it is hard, especially when, you're new to this kind of stuff. And especially when you're in an established relationship, you start doing this work and then you figure out, oh, I actually have this boundary that I've always wanted forever and I've never maintained it. And then you start asserting yourself. It's awesome. But just remember people who like are used to kind of stepping over boundaries, imagine like you have a bubble as an analogy for boundaries. So sometimes that's an actual physical boundary, but the bubble is an analogy. If people are used to coming into your bubble all of the time, then they now you're like, like oh, force field. yeah, yeah, a force field. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that person is fine with this. And then you realize, no, wait a second. Actually, like, like, I'm actually not. And they're like, but you actually were. And I orchestrated me being in your life around you yeah. being okay with me being in your force field. Why are yeah. you setting a boundary? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it can be really giant. It's like they, they start walking in to give you a hug like they always do. And then they get whacked yeah. with this force field because you've now yeah. maintained your boundary. Yes. They're different people have different reactions some might really try to bang 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 on that force field and get in others hopefully might go oh that's new can you tell me about that (laughs) that would be the dream response but my point is it's hard just know that people are going to respond to you when you start maintaining your boundaries stronger in relationship and that's my last little thing of just get ready for that and prepare yourself for that about okay but let them adjust remember that someone's first reaction to hitting that force field may not be great but it also won't be their last reaction if you maintain it repeatedly give people yes. in your life the grace to adjust and let them grow and learn because it's how many times do we hear something and it's kind of like okay we kind of got this and it's like really annoying and then we spend a day thinking about it and go wait a second okay 
I can handle that. Yes. Now. We're good. Give people the grace yes. that they can also grow with you as you learn to maintain your boundaries. Yeah. And they may not have had as much time with the boundary as you have, obviously. Like, and I say the same thing about like coming out to your family, uh, choosing a different life path, like whatever it might be, you have sat with it for the amount of time you've sat with it or sharing a trauma. You've lived with it since X age it happened at, and then you're disclosing it or setting the boundary or what have you, like this behavior is coming out. It's brand new for the person you're telling. It's not X amount of years old, the same it is for you as it is for them. So you don't need to give them that amount of time, but give them maybe more than one time, like, especially if it's a new thing and you're asking them, Hey, I used to be comfortable with getting hugged. Now I'm not. Don't expect them after the first time to be like, okay, I can never hug them again. Like give them a little grace. And the next time you might need to remind them, you might need to remind people as a way to maintain the boundary. And eventually it becomes second nature and fluid. Ideally, don't expect perfection the first time you set a boundary of, of the other person. Yeah. Like don't expect them to fully adhere the first time. Even the most loving person may not get it the first time. There are those who will just completely disregard you in those boundaries. Sure, they'll bulldoze it. But some people who, I mean, most people actually care and want to maintain the relationship. They want to try. Yes. They really do. Yes. Just got to give them some yeah. of that grace. So cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to our first episode with Atlas here as our co-host and our first episode of 2024. See you next time. <laughs> Atlas is waving a little goodbye. Um, if you got any questions little, for us or you want what? Look at her little meaty yeah, wrist. She's got the cute little newborn baby wrist. Um, but I was saying, if you got any questions for us, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at the Couples Guide Podcast, including if you have relationship questions you'd like us to address directly on the podcast. Yes, and we will answer them uh, on our next episode. Thanks again. Take good care. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye, Atlas.